But now we turn our attention to what was a disappointing game for Bafana Bafana. They lost their opening match of the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations over in Egypt to Cote d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast. And a man that was commentating on the game, Dwayne Delocker, now joins us on the line live from Cairo. Good evening, Dwayne. Your, that was a, a disappointing result, I guess, for South Africa. And uh, when we thought we might just uh, come away with a point at least. Yeah, uh, and good to chat to you. And uh, indeed, uh, I think uh, I think many South Africans uh, were feeling uh, perhaps a little glum by recent other national results, so we say. And in the front of our final, there was there seemed hope. I, 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 I sense genuine belief from the players that were involved. Uh, they they were feeling good. They felt uh, that there was something positive about the build-up to today's tie. And certainly, South Africa's record against Cote d'Ivoire. When you look back and, uh, and consider the South Africa until uh, this, this match, had, had never lost to Cote d'Ivoire, and that, mm. that was playing against uh, the Drogba's and the uh, Colatores and the Chukiotas in, in seasons gone by, and, and several other stars. But uh, but ultimately, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a new look, uh, Cote d'Ivoire. They're not that different though, in the way they play, but perhaps a little undercooked kind of comparatively speaking over the years. But they. They showed that uh, they could compete in several areas, but could have had a few more chances. They, they certainly made more use of the opportunities and possession they had in the game. It was just as in the end possession-wise. They could have had some minutes to unleash uh, six shots, uh, mm. uh, nine shots lost to South Africa's four. So, so they did quite a bit, uh, bit more in the opportunities. And, and let's face it, they had the genuine goal-scoring chances. South mm. Africa came away with a couple of goal-scoring chances, but, uh, but none of them were clear-cut. And, I was very impressed with I was very impressed with the elephants' uh, tactics there because they pre- they pressed the South Africans and and made them make those mistakes. You know, the decision making from Bafana Bafana was not great. They tried to go airily as well with the ball at times, knowing that uh, Cote d'Ivoire have very tall players and it just didn't work. You know, tactically we looked like the decision making wasn't exactly on par with what the game uh, needed. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there are going to be a few questions asked, and I think Stuart Max is going to need to sit down and uh, rediscuss tactics. But again, they're playing two very different teams in their remaining matches, so, mm. so they, they are going to need to, uh, to to change the game plan, perhaps, and the horses to courses. Ultimately, it backfired today. I didn't think it was an overly cautious approach, but uh, certainly Percy Dow was not not able to play, and, uh, and Neville did. was was barely unable to find a, an opportunity to do anything other than add it back to the boring goal. So it's a very quick in terms of defending from Kuriwai, uh, who cut down the kick uh, opportunities for South Africa, and credit to him. They played as a, a, a fairly technically classy outfit today, um, and they'll be pleased with the result, if not the uh, entire performance, Kuriwai. But from a South African perspective, there were a couple of players who really stood up and a couple of players who didn't stand up today. You get this in tournaments as well. Mm. Ultimately, though, I think from a South African perspective, people are going to be disappointed with the side not only failed to win, but uh, but lost against uh, Kuruwa in this opening match. But, uh, but South Africa has still got a way to go in this tournament. But it, it's not impossible to go beyond the, the group stages here. They've got matches against Namibia and Morocco to come. And in a tournament where the uh, four best-placed third finishing teams in the groups actually make it through to the round of 16, but the tournament now having increased to, uh, to 24 rather than uh, just the 16 teams that participated previously, mm. it's uh, it's an opportunity for South Africa to be able to, even if they take a win against Namibia, perhaps a draw against 
against Morocco, they have an opportunity to advance. Four points should be more than good enough. Give us a sense of the uh, conditions out there for the South Africans today. I mean, oh, it looked wow. like it was pretty warm <laughs> and the field looked pretty hard as well. Well, I mean, look, the, the, field, uh, the field was closely cropped glass and I think it was something that, uh, that, that, that uh, South Africa would have been not unhappy to play at. Beg your pardon, go ahead. Dwayne, you still there? Unfortunately, we just lost Dwayne DeLocker there. He was giving us a bit of insights into the game between Bafana Bafana today and Ivory Coast, which we lost 1-0. Uh, he is speaking to us live from Cairo, so hopefully we can get him back on the line once again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a very disappointing result. And Neil was, I mean, uh, Dwayne DeLocker was just about to give us a bit of insights into the conditions out in Cairo today. Extremely warm. They played on a, a very hard uh, grass-cut field today. But uh, unfortunately for South Africa, going down there uh, to that one goal scored in the second half. Uh, and that went the way of the Aston Villa forward, uh, Jonathan uh, Kogia, uh, who struck that second half goal. And it was poor defending from Bafana Bafana that led to that one and only goal they gave. The Elephants uh, all three points uh, to start uh, their bid for a third AFCON title. Remember, Ivory Coast won this title back in 2015 and in 1992, if memory serves me correctly. So, uh, you know, it's uh, disappointing. But as Dwayne was saying there, we still got a chance to get through to out of the group phase. Uh, the best four place third finishers in the group will head on through uh, to the round of 16. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, Dwayne DeLocker, I think, is uh, back on the line once again. Dwayne, you there? Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, just heading uh, heading back to the Cairo traffic from uh, the far north of uh, <laughs> of of uh, Al Salam, where 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 the, the match was, to, to yes. my hotel in uh, in Zamalek. You were giving so, us a bit uh, of a sense of the <laughs> conditions that the uh, Bafana Bafana team and Ivory Coast faced today. Indeed, and I, I think you can't underestimate what it's like to. And I'm not saying the players haven't experienced playing in 37 degrees Celsius before. But there were no water breaks, and uh, and I was astounded by this because the medical uh, advice uh, from uh, well, that was dished out before the tournament suggested that there should be at least two water breaks in the mm. in the games, considering the the kickoffs, especially for the the earlier kickoffs, which are the 4:30 games, which thankfully is South Africa's only 4:30 kickoff. Mm. Um, but but to have water breaks at least half an hour in and 75 minutes into the game, so in other words, 30 minutes into each respective half. Uh, and, and we haven't seen those in either of the Group D games, not for the Morocco match yesterday against Namibia or South Africa's match against Cordova today. Mm-hmm. So I think that was disappointing. But it was 37 degrees wow. Celsius at kickoff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that's not to be underestimated. In direct sunlight, there was no shade for the players for the opening half. And by the time we got around to the second half, when I checked my temperature uh, gauge, it said 35 degrees Celsius. So... Oh. The players, by the end of it, were still playing in 34 degrees Celsius, although a little more shaded across the pitch. Now, to play 90 minutes in temperatures like that is not easy. It's mm. going to take its soul in the body. And, and it's not something you can very readily prepare for, if that makes sense. And the same as playing in really cold conditions. Mm. Playing in really warm conditions are genuinely problematic. The refereeing also came into question during this game. Uh, the uh, referee there, Mustafa Gubel, uh, from Algeria, making some uh, strange calls uh, in one or two of the challenges with uh, the, I think Dean Furman was involved in a clash there and uh, went in the opposite direction. But, uh, you know, why is it that 
North African referees seem to be so hard on uh, Southern African teams? Yeah, look, I, I don't think the, the referee actually did too much wrong today, to be fair. I did mm-hmm. think there were a couple of 50-50 calls that he got wrong, and uh, there were a couple of incidents, as you mentioned, including Jonathan Kodja's big shoulder into the cheek of yep. Dean Furman, yep. which, uh, which which he decided to ignore. But uh, there were, uh, and Tembozwani being hit completely late off the ball mm-hmm. as well in a, in a separate incident. Those two, those two, I, uh, I I would have expected something to be done. But the referee's also got to follow the ball. This is where the assistant referee might come in and say, this is what I've seen, this is what I've spotted, and it does happen. Uh, I'm not going to suggest that Mustafa Gurbal in, in any way made a deliberate decision to try to disadvantage South Africa. Mm. Certainly he gave more fouls against South Africa than, than against Cote d'Ivoire. But for, for the most part, I thought he uh, refereed the uh, game decently. In the end, he gave three yellow cards to uh, Ivorian players and only one yellow card to South Africa, Mutiba, the, uh, the opening portion of the game. So... Uh, yes, while the decisions were taken, I don't think they were in any way deliberate or indeed malicious against South Africa in any way. But I, I, I do believe that, that there, there were a couple of decisions that somehow got lost in the decision-making process. And, and, and this is why having good teams of referees is so critical as well, because ever so often you will see a fourth official come and point out something or a assistant referee will say, this is the situation uh, to, to the man in the middle who will then retrospectively come and... Uh, and lay down a, uh, a a caution or a warning or or uh, take them out of the situation. Mm. There were a couple of incidents that were that, that I wouldn't say I agree with, but by by and large, I don't think South Africa could feel overly aggrieved. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the Morocco-Namibia game yesterday because our next opponents obviously will be in Namibia. Oh, yep. did you? I did. <laughs> well, let's just talk about that game because Namibia looked pretty good against the Moroccan team. Oh. Heartbreak. Mm. If you you sum it up in one word, it's heartbreak. I thought Namibia were so courageous in their their effort. I mean, you look at a guy like Denzel Halsey, who's struggling to find game time at Highlands Park, put in a superb shift in defence for uh, Namibia, Mm. really got the better of Hakim Ziyech on a few occasions. And this is a man who took Ajax to the, uh, went back to within a handful of minutes of actually playing in the uh, UEFA Champions League final, uh, you know, instead of Tottenham before. before Tottenham had that miraculous 35-minute turnaround in the uh, second league of the semi-final. But Ziyech, uh, and Nesu was marked out of the game by Denzel Halsep, and I thought he was superb. Uh, Ryan and Yambe of Blackburn Rovers also mm-hmm. put in a wonderful effort, and Kazapua, the, the goalkeeper, was uh, was uh, rather accomplished in his performance. We didn't see much in attack from them here, mm-hmm. but they were heavily outclassed in, in certain aspects of the field. But they played their hearts out. Ronald Cacciere in, in midfield, led from the front, um, showed his class, showed his leadership. Uh, Dion Hotter was the quiet one for me, though. I mean, this is a man who's, who's been on fire for Bajista, who scored goals, created assists, really looked lively throughout the campaign. And his last two seasons in South Africa, I thought he was one of the, one of the most consistent players in the, uh, in the Absa Premiership with his performances for Celtic in the previous season and the districts this past season. But really quiet against uh, Morocco yesterday, and maybe maybe was shut down relatively quickly by Nabdiira, who had a, a solid game. But yes, Namibia aren't going to be pushovers, mm. and mm. they qualified ahead of Zambia for a reason. And uh, and I think we've also got to say that Morocco that might be the wake up call they needed to really get things going. They really did not look good in that opening game for uh, for large parts of it. 
And there were times and phases where they were outplayed by Namibia, and, and that will scare Morocco, a side that are, on paper, among the favourites to go on and lift the title. Hmm. What's the next game for you then, Dwayne? I, I actually uh, have two days off before I return to, uh, to, oh, wow. to commentate Group D, Group D action between uh, between uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Morocco and then mm. South Africa and Namibia. So doing a couple of really interesting clashes because the uh, the Southern African match between South Africa and Namibia relatively entertaining. And the, the history there was Benny McCarthy's four goals, the quickest ever hat-trick in Africa Cup of Nations mm. history, happened in that very fixture in 1998. And then, of course, uh, Cote d'Ivoire against Morocco. Hervé Renard playing against his, uh, his former team, the now Morocco coach, hoping to do an unprecedented achievement of winning the Africa Cup of Nations title with three times with three different clubs. Um, up against the Ivorian side, who he led to only their second ever title in 2015. So uh, much too much uh, to talk about there. And also... The side that he beat by two goals to nil in the final match of the 2018 World Cup qualifiers to see Morocco go to the World Cup ahead of Cote d'Ivoire. So there is a lot of rivalry in that fixture. There's a lot of recent history, and there's uh, several layers of intrigue, shall we say, in that uh, in that tie. Dwayne, that's where we'll leave it. Best of luck and enjoy the rest of the tournament. Thank you very much, Owen. Enjoy. Dwayne Delaca, renowned world-class commentator, live from Cairo there. Uh, he's doing such a fantastic job in uh, commentating on the game today between uh, Ivory Coast and Bafana Bafana, which Bafana Bafana unfortunately lost uh, 1-0 this afternoon. And uh, we'll keep you updated on the other games taking place today. But uh, great to hear from Dwayne Delaca there. And up next, we'll track to the man himself, Rob Marawa.